Hello and welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy Kay. This is a podcast dedicated to simplifying the healing journey by aligning your self-care practices with your own inner wisdom and the natural cycles outside and within. Though self-care has become quite the buzzword, it's actually a vital tool that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore how to create a deep and meaningful relationship with ourself naturally, intentionally, and simply. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Simple Self-Care and the second to last episode of the season, if you can believe it. And my plan for these last few episodes as we transition into a new season of summertime and also a new normal as we begin to emerge out of quarantine life for a lot of us, it's to leave you with some support and things to ponder as we move into this new way of being in the world of taking care of ourselves and relating to each other. And this week, I'm addressing this in perhaps a way that you haven't thought of before or haven't realized that it could be something that you're experiencing. And what I'm talking about is your emotional health and what happens when we overexert this part of ourselves and we don't create healthy boundaries with what we care about and take on. When our gifts of empathy and compassion turn into a very draining downside of who we are. But before I get into this, I do want to take a moment to remind you of a new program that I'm launching this summer coming up real quick here in June. And while I'll be taking a summer break from the podcast, I will be filling in that time with a more personal way of working together and helping you implement self-care practices that can truly serve you right now. So I mentioned this last week, but I'm creating a little universe on the internet where we can hang out, commune regularly, and I can provide you with everything I know to help you heal your pain, reduce your stress, and create a fulfilling and healing lifestyle that aligns with the seasons and your unique rhythms. It's called the Simple Nature Collective, and it will be an ongoing membership that you commit to for three months at a time. Three months is so that we can spend a full season together and give you time to implement and stay accountable and ask questions and all of that. And as a member, you will have access to my library of self-care instructional resources that you can pick and choose from depending on what your body is calling for. But more importantly, you'll be led through my step-by-step method of creating a healing practice that takes you from feeling stressed, tired, anxious, and overwhelmed to calm, empowered, and at peace with yourself and your body. And you can, once you learn this method, you can recreate it depending on where you're at in life and what you're going through. And you'll learn how to tune into your own inner wisdom and continue to do what you need to do for yourself, your health on a day-to-day basis. And we follow my three principles of simplifying seasonal living and intelligent body awareness and education. So we do get to nerd out a little bit, which I think is great. (laughs) So I'm starting my first experimental round of this for the summer season, starting on June 15th, and it'll run through August. 
And since it's a new concept and I would love your input on shaping it into the best resource it can be, I'm offering it at a very special discounted price. And so you can opt in for $20 a month for three months or pay $50 for full three months upfront. And then you get locked in at this price. So each time I run it, well, maybe not each time I run it, but the next time it's going to go up and in price. So you can lock in on this founding member price. And it's going to be really special because we get to really create it together and I get to cater it to your specific needs. So I'm very excited to be working with you all in this way. So it's, it's specifically for women that struggle with chronic pain and other health issues. And you want to learn a very effective and fulfilling way to tend to yourself, to decrease or eliminate your pain and create a healthy relationship with your body instead of being a victim to this part of yourself. And I know that there are lovely men out there that are listening to this, and I don't mean to exclude you. It's just the training is very much geared towards women's health and women's specific issues. So if you're a dude and you want to work with me on this, we can do some one-on-one stuff. So just let me know. But for all the ladies, registration is closing June 2nd. So please check out the details and join me this summer as we use this beautiful time of year to nurture ourselves on a deep level and fill our cups. Head to naturallyrandyk.com slash simple nature. That's naturally R-A-N-D-I. K-A-Y.com slash simple nature. And the link is in the description of this episode as well. So you can click that and let me know what you think. And if you already checked out this link from me mentioning it last episode, I invite you to head back over to the site because I added even more details and fun facts about the program. Okay. Very, very excited about this. If you can't tell, very honored to be serving you in this way. And we already have a lovely group of women signed up. So I hope you will join us. Now back to the discussion at hand. So instead of me rambling on to a microphone about empathy and compassion overwhelm, I'm actually going to share with you an interview I did recently with the lovely Ashley Thornburg from the show Main Street on Prairie Public Radio. They graciously replay a lot of my podcast episodes, and every once in a while, they have me on to chat about various aspects of the health and wellness world. And since this topic of taking on the weight of the world is so poignant right now, I figured it would be a good one to share with you. So we get into the ins and outs of empathy versus sympathy versus compassion and how it's easy to overdo these things right now, with even without realizing it. But as you listen, I want you to take a deep breath and tune into yourself and your body and see if you can sense a weight that you are carrying that you can't quite explain or a nagging headache or body pain that's a little bit different than usual that you can't seem to shake or perhaps your heart just feels clouded or heavy or you feel crankier than usual or you're starting to distance yourself in relationships even though you have no specific reason to be doing so Things like that, okay? Maybe you aren't feeling any of these things, and that's great. But for those of you that are, pay attention because this conversation might give you some clarity on where it's coming from and what you can do about it. So take a listen as Ashley interviews me (laughs) and 
We chat about how to know when you are taking on other people's stress and what to do about it, how to set healthy boundaries around people you care about, why it's important to be an empathetic and sensitive person right now, how to find grounding practices that work for you, and more. Enjoy. Randy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's good to connect and talk with human beings these days. <laughs> right. If only distantly. It's still good. The magic of telephones. <laughs> <laughs> Those are still there. We can still use them. Right. No, it is true how much this uh, technology has impacted. I have one friend who, who doesn't call it social distancing. She calls it distantly socializing and has actually mm. said she's more social than ever before the pandemic, just in a very different way. Yeah, I think with a lot of us, if we can stay in our pajamas, like we'll be as social as we <laughs> want to be. They're so comfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I'm totally wearing a big sweatshirt and uh, big fluffy floral print pants that I one time wore to work and then my boss said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't the right pants no, for radio. Not the, I know, right? It's like it's radio. <sighs> So I have seen a few articles going around lately about this concept of empathy fatigue or of compassion fatigue, and it's something that shows up in certain circles. For example, someone who is a therapist, because of course they are seeing clients all day talking about all of the many problems that they might be facing, and then, as you might imagine, listening to problem after problem after problem all day can have an impact on counselors and on therapists, but I'm noticing it anyway among individuals because all of a sudden we are sort of each other's counselors and therapists. We are, I think it's fair to say, having a sort of similar reaction. So I guess I should start <laughs> with a definition yeah, so there's these terms of like empathy, sympathy, compassion, and a lot of times they get lumped into one thing and they can get mistaken for another. But if you sparse it out, empathy is when we take on the feelings or emotions of another person. So like mm. we we become one with it. We are with them. We are feeling it. And that actually can happen a lot with body workers like myself. We are always exchanging stories in our peer group of like, yeah, I took home my client's neck pain, et cetera. Like it totally is a thing and happens. Compassion is more when we feel for the other person, but then we try to fix it. We don't necessarily take on the feelings and emotions, but we take it on as our problem as well. And we start going on the journey with them to try to help that person, which is very common and like our job for people that are in the caretaking or healing industry. And sympathy is more when you just are understanding and you're like, it didn't happen to you. You can't relate really, but you're, you're there with that person. You have sympathy for that person. Mm. So what would it mean when we start to feel a fatigue about that? What would be some of the signs that we as people, as a friend who should be able to go for a walk with a friend but just doesn't want to hear a friend's problem that day, for example? What are some signs? 
that we might be fatigued in either empathy, sympathy, or compassion? I think it is a compounding effect. I think the more we take on little bits at a time, then eventually we start to feel it. It's really hard to feel right away. And that's why we get fatigued is it kind of Mm. sneaks up on us. And then all of a sudden we're like, what is going on? And so a lot of times stress and trauma and fatigue, it shows up differently for everybody. It usually shows up in the weakest area of your body. So for me, I'm a highly sensitive person and I deal with depression. I have my whole life. And so when I notice those symptoms start to come up, that's my body signal that like, hey, something's off, something's going on. For other people, it's neck pain or low back pain or people get hives or, you know, whatever. It is different for everybody. So knowing your own body is really important to knowing when you're feeling healthy and well and able to hold space for a person and when some of your weaknesses and illnesses start to brew up. But one thing that has been key for me in trying to sparse what's going on and how I'm absorbing it is I've been feeling a grief or a mourning that I can't quite explain. I haven't had a a loss of a loved one recently. I don't it doesn't really make sense, but my body is acting like I'm grieving. And I've had to pause and be like, huh, I think I might be taking on everything that's going on right now. Because a lot of us are grieving in just so many layers, uh, different ways. Another way you can sense it is when you really have a hard time holding space for your friends and your family. When before you could talk for hours, that was part of your relationship. And right now you just can't handle it. So either you are hypersensitive, so you're overreacting, your heart is just wide open, or you've blocked yourself off and you're feeling kind of numb and a lack of emotion. When these things happen, that's also a sign that something's off and it's also your body trying to protect yourself. So that's another thing to remember is that our body is constantly trying to protect what's going on. And so it's going to be reacting in extreme ways if there's an extreme condition going on. That sort of classic of like, I don't know why I have a headache. I don't know why I'm tired. I don't know why my low back is sore. That could be a a sign of this. It's manifesting in the body. Yeah, it tends to be a mysterious condition. And Mm -hmm. when you really sit with it, or you do a bunch of things, your usual things to try to treat it and it isn't really cutting it, that's a sign that there's something bigger at hand. And a lot of it is that you're absorbing other people's pain and stress. And it's interesting. There is a book that I'm, I've been digging into called Trauma Stewardship. And it talks about the difference between primary trauma and secondary trauma. When you have primary trauma, it happens to you, your body then goes into a mode of healing it, protecting it. It knows what to do. It's like, this is a trauma. I'm going to do something about it. When it's a secondary trauma, the body doesn't know what to do with it. So when you are experiencing the trauma of someone else's, you're listening to them, you've read an article, you're imagining what it's like in another place, your body is still absorbing that as trauma, but it's not yours. So it's like, 
what do I do with this? How do I process it? How does it leave or heal? And so it just sticks around <laughs> and starts manifesting in all these ways that don't make any sense. It's really fascinating when you start to dig into this kind of stuff. And it leads me to ask what I feel like might be um, a mildly impossible question to answer. Can we do anything about this? Yes, we can. And that is one thing that I've learned in my training of being a body worker is it's part of our training to learn how to set boundaries so we can continue to hold space. And I know from my friends that are therapists and counselors, it's the same kind of thing. This isn't fake stuff. This isn't some wooey concept. This is very real. And if you don't learn how to set boundaries, it's going to take over. And it's a practice, but it's really getting to the core of how you can live your life in a way that keeps you your healthiest self so you are able to process all of these things that are going on. So one step is just acknowledging that it's there and that that could be what's going on. There have been many times when I've had mysterious issues going on or my depression is lingering and I can't figure it out. And then all of a sudden I connect the dots with what has been going on around me. And then all of a sudden I can take a deep breath. Oh, okay. It's not something I have to fix. It's not something that's going on within me. It's almost like a permission slip to let it go because I know mm -hmm. that it's not mine. And one thing that I do in my own practice is I had an interesting experience recently where I did a certain type of body work for over 10 years. And it was, you have this pain, I'm going to heal that pain on your body. And I learned how to set boundaries. It was something I didn't really have to think about that much anymore. But then I started to specialize in abdominal work and abdominal massage, especially for women that have been through trauma or have specific issues with their reproductive systems. And so all of a sudden, I am with my hands tuning into a very, very powerful area of the body and where a lot of trauma is stored physically, energetically. I didn't think much about it at first because I'm like, I can handle this. This is what I do. But I started noticing the first week I started doing this with clients, my heartbeat would start to intensify or I would get these hot flashes. And then one day I came home and I just cried. Then it finally hit me. This is completely different work and I have to set completely different boundaries. And my husband, I was talking to my husband about it and he's, are you sure you want to do this work? And I just said, this is why I have to do it. So that's another thing about being a sensitive person and being able to have compassion and empathy is that it's important and it's a superpower and it's how we heal as a community. And so I took it upon myself to use what I know to create better boundaries and how that looks in my practice is that I have to do something when I get to my studio, I have to take the time to ground myself, to get into the mentality and to tell myself, I am a vessel for healing. I am a space holder. I will hold the space while I'm here. And when I'm done, it gets to leave. 
don't take your work home with you. <laughs> exactly. We say that in every profession. <laughs> exactly. And we all are guilty of it these days in whatever profession you're in. And then at the end of the day, I have a little ritual to remind myself that I get to let it go. And it seems so simple that it wouldn't be effective, but it's actually incredibly effective. Just getting in the mindset. And you can do this for, you know, if whatever work setting you're in, but also for the friends that we have. When I definitely have friends that I'm hyperly sensitive to, hyperly, that's a word that I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> but I have friends that I'm more sensitive to because we're wired similarly. So I have friends that we feel things very similar. We process things in the same way. And at first that would bring us together. But there are times, especially when I've worked really hard to move past some stuff, where I can't, I can't go back there with them just because of my attachment and my personal experience. And so that empathy part of me can't be used in a healthy way because I know and learn that I will take it on. It's hard for me to control. And so with those friendships, I have to be very aware of the timing of when I can be there for them. And I set an intention when I'm going to spend time with them that I can hold the space for it and it's going to be okay, you know? And so a lot of it is just taking the time to get to know your relationships, how they're actually influencing you, how they make you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, and setting those boundaries before you spend time with them or being okay with not spending time with them sometimes if that's <laughs> a choice. But I think as we start to acknowledge th these concepts and connect the dots that maybe this could be happening just being intentional and mindful of it is going to make all of the difference. You've used the term sensitive person a couple of times, a highly sensitive person, or that you've been hypersensitive or the freshly coined hyperly sensitive. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. So that's also a term that I learned from a therapist that is coined for someone who is highly sensitive. There's a book called Highly Sensitive Person. And I took the questionnaire at the front of the book and I was like, oh, so there's an explanation for all of my crazies. Great. <laughs> and I, it was an amazing experience for me to connect the dots of all these things about me that seemed weird. And I've really taken that on as using my sensitivities as a superpower, when it's out of whack, it comes up as anxiety and depression. But the other side of that is I have the gift to be able to feel very deeply. And so when I am my healthiest self, when I'm doing my self-care, eating well, monitoring my triggers, that sensitive part of me can show up in a way that makes me good at what I do and mm. nurtures my relationships. And so... I would recommend checking out that book if that seems like a term that would resonate with you. But it's basically, you are very sensitive in general. You are sensitive to other people's emotions, to your own emotions. You are sensitive to 
certain foods, sounds, textures. Mm -hmm. I feel like an old lady a lot of the time because I'm like, turn that down. You know, like (laughs) (laughs) little things like that. When I read it in the questionnaire, I'm like, oh, cool. This is like a thing, you know? Well, you know, I heard an interview years ago, and I want to say it was on This American Life, where somebody else had a very similar reaction to, I think it was basically an online quiz, and all of a sudden realized she was high-functioning autistic. And so you saying that you just, you know, took this quiz and all of a sudden it was, oh, that's that's a thing. And it makes me wonder if there are a lot of people out there who just don't realize that aches, pains, depression, anxiety, that they might be this HSP or highly sensitive person. And you've talked a couple times about your grounding practices and realizing that there's not a blanket approach. What would you recommend for some of your more favorite grounding practices? It's been a lot of experimenting and a lot of what has formed my practices have been working with professionals. And so I just want to put this out there. I read a lot of books, but I also work with a professional therapist (laughs) that helps me learn more about myself and navigate these things. So I definitely recommend that. And then working with a body worker to see how it's manifesting in your body because your mind and your body are not separate. We talk about the disconnect, but it's not there. We're just choosing not to see the connection. It's scientifically proven that your body processes what your mind does and vice versa. They're in constant communication. A lot of times people just approach the physical pain without the mental or the mental without the physical. Having a relationship of professionals that can help you treat your body as a whole I just highly recommend, even if you only go for a few sessions, to just see where you're at and what they suggest. What you can take from those sessions or even just from right now is revolving your practices around the things that tend to scream the loudest is a good place to start. And so for me, with my profession and how it manifests in my body, I know that meditation And yoga would be really good practices for me to ground myself. And by grounding, it's very, I mean, it is what it sounds like. You're like taking your head out of the clouds and you're coming back to your body. (laughs) You know, you're feeling like you have a firm foundation. You're coming back to yourself instead of whizzing around and kind of panicking around. That's what I use to ground myself. But other people really resonate with more high energy stuff like dancing, playing music, spending time outside. And I also like all of those things. But it it really is getting curious with what you're being nudged to do naturally. I don't suggest trying on some totally new thing that you see someone else on the internet doing. And I'm, I'm definitely happy to share what I do. But the real magic is going to be when you start following what your own body sure. and nudges are telling you to do. And and you probably already know it 
for anyone listening, you could probably just tell me where you would want to start. But we tend to doubt that. And it's easy to doubt that, especially in the noise of something like a pandemic where you're getting tons of misinformation. We really don't know a lot of what's actually going on and how this is going to go into the future. And so we just kind of blanket our lives with a, I don't know. And we forget that there is a lot that we do know about what we need to be doing to create boundaries and ground and protect ourselves. And when we feel like we can't really grasp that, that's when we can look for help with people that are professionals or others that you trust. So that was kind of a rambling answer, but (laughs) it's easy to just think about what's one thing I can do or like five things to calm anxiety without, Mm -hmm. you know, like the articles that we read. We read a lot of fluffy articles to deal with deep issues when the truth is we have to choose something that's going to be a, a true gateway to the deep work and being willing to do that deep work is the only way we're going to be able to use these sensitive empathetic, compassionate feelings for good in the world. And I know I'm getting on my soapbox, but I just want to say right now, more than ever, the world needs you to be holding space. It needs you to be doing the work necessary so we can continue to heal from this and come out on the other side of this better people and able to relate in healthy ways and lead with these positive sides of ourselves and versions of ourselves. And so what better time to hone this and practice this than a global pandemic where we're kind of being forced to. (laughs) So I've I've been surprised at how many healers I've I've heard refer to this time as a gift. (laughs) It's tough to say because it's so hard and there's so many people going through such wild versions of the same thing. But there's always a duality to everything and it happens at the same time. And so we get to embrace the joy and embrace the gifts because what's the point of suffering if we don't take advantage of the duality of what's happening? I guess it's a, I'm giving you a permission slip to do what you can to take advantage of the gifts of this time because we need to, so we can help move forward. Brandy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. All right. So to reiterate, there is so much our body, mind, and heart is processing at any given time. So much that we understand and are just learning to understand more and so much that we may never comprehend. Humans are magical and wondrously complex creatures. So even though you may brush off your self-care practices or don't think they are important or that they can be a high priority on your list, taking time to check in and care for yourself is the way to notice and treat how these things are influencing you. It's how we have the time and space to set healthy boundaries and process the weight of the world. I'm going to dig into the common holdups of truly caring for yourself next episode, and I've even got some lovely listener questions that I'll be answering. So please subscribe wherever you listen and be sure to tune in, and that's going to be coming out shortly. But your sensitivities 
our superpower. We just need to harness our powers for good. And self-care is how you do it. So stay tuned. I look forward to continuing this conversation, this topic deeper, giving you some tools next episode. But if you are interested in going deeper with me on a very personal level and you want some one-on-one guidance on creating the most intelligent and effective practices for yourself during this season of life, please join me on June 15th inside the Simple Nature Collective to learn how these principles can heal you and your life. Head to naturallyrandyk.com slash simple nature to learn more and get in on the special summer pricing. Can't wait to see you there and take care. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Randy Kay, a holistic health practitioner and educator that has been helping people heal through body work, therapeutic yoga, and self-care coaching for over a decade. My mission is to help people simplify the healing journey by amplifying their own inner wisdom and teaching seasonal self-care practices. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or post it on social media. And if you do that, please tag me so I can see it and connect with you that way at Naturally Randy K. You can also commune with me via email if you sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter, The Simple Letters. You can sign up at naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y dot com slash newsletter. And hearing from you in some way totally makes my life and I always make sure to personally respond. And be sure to join me next time as the self-care conversation continues. Until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.